0: To the Make Share Grow Podcast. I'm artist Julie Marriott, and I created this podcast to share behind the scenes stories of art, craft, and the creative process. Hey guys! This week I'm chatting with painter Maya Bazette. Maya creates beautiful abstract landscapes, many of which are inspired by the nature around her home in Big Fork, Montana. I love how expansive and atmospheric Maya's paintings are. Some of them are more moody and mysterious, and others are bursting with light and color. And her joy and enthusiasm for art and creativity are totally contagious. You will love listening to her share about her inspiration and art process. While you're listening, go check out her work so you can get a better picture of what we're talking about. You can find her on Instagram at mayabazetteart. It's spelled M-Y-A-B-E-S-S-E-T-T-E-A-R-T. I know you're going to love hearing all about Maya's art, so let's go ahead and dive into our conversation. Hi, Maya. Thank you for coming on to the show with me. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to talk about your artwork and um, hear more about your process. Your abstract paintings are so beautiful and you have a couple different um, styles of abstract or techniques and things that I'm excited to talk about and hear the details of. Um, Before we get started hearing about your process, could you tell me a little bit about your creative story, how you started making art and kind of how you came to be making the work that you're making today?
1: Yes, of course. Um, so as a child, I was always just extremely creative and somewhere along the line. And I think it was probably around that like junior high, awkward junior high age. I kind of just let it go. And it, and it went away for a very long time. So I ended up working in the oil fields. So I kind of got my English major and decided, well, I've obviously got to go working the oil fields now with that and just make a bunch of money. So I was up there for about 14 years, still hadn't picked up a paintbrush or anything like that. So when I got pregnant with my first child, um, we, you can't have babies in the oil fields turns out. So um, I came home and during nap times, I just decided I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to see if there's anything still in there from those, from that childhood creativity, and it started out just horribly. I will never share <laughs> of those early, none of those early paintings will ever be seen. But I just kept at it, and the more I did, the the better I thought that those paintings were getting. So I started a little Etsy shop, and I could seriously look back at that first Etsy painting that I sold and just cringe. But it sold, and it made me feel like okay, there's there's a market for this. I'm just going to keep going, and never stopped. Second child. And I kept finding those nap times and those, those little moments when I could just get away, find an hour and just get my paints out and go for it. And it's just been absolutely divine ever since. That is so cool. Has it always been so, uh, more on the abstract
0: side or what did you paint when you were first starting out?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, I, I became very obsessed with, um, with impasto and just heavy texture. Mm. So and it was fun. I mean, as as awful as I as I think it is, those those works were you know looking back now. Um, at the time, they, I was extremely excited to like take a spatula and a palette knife and just start smearing all this awesome acrylic medium all over canvases, and then come over the top later with different colors and washes. And so it was kind of a fun it was very abstract and very much almost um sculptural art at the very beginning and then i just i just kind of slowly eased out of that and my texture pieces sort of became more of like a crackle texture and before long i was finding myself a little bit more amused by the flow flow of water and of inks and and things like that that just don't really translate as well in those heavy texture pieces so it was kind of a very natural um genesis into this into this more flowing abstraction that I'm working in now.
0: Yeah, definitely. I know like some of your pieces when I first started following you, I don't know, maybe like three or four years, I don't know, maybe like two, three years ago. It's been a while. Um, yeah, we're definitely much thicker stroked and now they've gotten a lot more fluid. And, um, so it has been neat to see that sort of change go on, but it still definitely has like this atmospheric, you know, sort of quasi landscape sort of a feel. Um, so yeah, we can talk more about materials and stuff in a minute. I would love to hear. Do you have like a creative space that you regularly work in, or tell us about that? Like, how do you? Um, what does your space look like?
1: Yes. Oh, I hope you can see it someday. Um, just so we can have a good laugh because it is <laughs> in my living room, and sometimes it's in my dining room. So I basically have. I, this is like a make it work moment because I just don't have a room for a studio. So I have a couple of portable buffet tables that go with me from room to room and wherever I'm feeling inspired. If I want a lake view, I move it to where it is now. And I'm sitting here looking out over Flathead Lake. Um, if I want a view of the Mission Mountains, I might be painting in the dining room. And so I'll lay out a big giant drop cloth and move the dining room table. And my poor family just has to adapt to wherever my art centers landed that day or that week or that month, depending on what kind of a series I'm working on. Um, so yeah, it's a constantly transforming space. And my poor daughter, when we have friends over, she has to explain ahead of time that we're a family of artists, so don't expect it to look tidy because it's just never going to be. Um, that said, my kids are welcome to grab a paintbrush whenever they feel like it, and I have extra canvases anytime, and so there's kind of that feeling of creativity in the space, but it, it by no means is the decorator's dreamland that I think I'd like to have someday.
0: <laughs> that sounds so cool, though, that you can like include your kids and they're old enough that they can sort of, you know, be... How old are they?
1: they can, that they can play. Uh, yeah. Seven and eight.
0: Yeah, that is awesome because yeah. my daughter still is at the point... She's three, so she is a little bit dangerous to come wander in. Like, she's pretty well-behaved, but sometimes she'll just be like, hand me that brush and give me some right. red paint. It's like,
1: <laughs> When they still kind of want to paint themselves more than they actually want to paint the canvas. Yes, right. that
0: definitely happened just the other day. <laughs>
1: I remember. I really do.
0: Yeah. So okay, so that sounds really like when you're having to move around, does that make beginning to create harder for you because there's like some setup involved?
1: It does. And I think you just nailed it. I think my dream is truly to have a space that is just mine and not as much for the setup as as having to tear down. You know, having guests over and having to, you know, clean up my whole my whole table situation and all of that. Um, yeah, it would be wonderful to just have that, that space, that bright light airy space that is all mine. Um, and my living room is bright and airy. It's just also has couches and TVs and kids stuff in it, you know? So in, in the future, absolutely. My own, my own private space would just be phenomenal. Um, but oh, for awesome. now I do use it as kind of a gallery space too. So all my paintings as they, you know, as they dry they go up on the walls and it's just, it's a, it's a happy place to be. That's really cool. Yeah. That is
0: thumbs up to you for being able to still create with all of the different, you know, roadblocks and things that you have going on. Cause that mayhem and the chaos. Yeah. Cause that is so good. That would stop a lot of people. So that's so great that you're like pushing through and still making and making it work for you.
1: Thank you. Yes. Always. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I am curious what about. Uh, what are your sort of main art materials and tools and things that you are using in your paintings right now?
1: Yes, I can just look around me right now. So one of the things that I'm completely obsessed with is my catalyst wedge. Have you played with those yet? I haven't, but I've had a couple
0: other guests who use that. So I kind of researched them um, and saw. You know, they're like the, those spatula sort of things. Yes, yes. Yeah, so of of like tell a little me about squeegee. that? So yeah. this.
1: It, it just makes, you can make the finest lines with the catalyst wedge or you can move, like I'm actually doing it now, you can move the inks around in such a subtle way. So, you know, so you're sort of manipulating the flow of ink or the flow of water without, um, being as intentional as like a brush stroke would be and without leaving that, uh, brush stroke look. So it's really, it's really like a big bendy palette knife for me. And I just have the most fun playing with it. So that's, that's definitely one of my go-tos. I always keep that handy. Um, and now I've moved away from just like the more hard palette knives and I'm just kind of playing with some larger brushes. Um, I definitely have this obsession with acrylic inks. Once I found acrylic inks, it, it was kind of a game changer for me because I've always loved that watercolory look, but I wasn't accomplishing it by, you know, kind of getting those heavy body acrylics and, and adding a lot of water. These inks are so um, concentrated and, um, they're just, they're absolutely a dream. So, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it on my Instagram feed where I kind of post those time-lapse videos of how that ink moves. Yes. On. Oh, it's just, and, and that's what kind of is my passion right now is, is try basically trying to control that chaos of, of water drips and, and kind of, if I want it to be a canal or if I want it to be a, you know, a, a, distant landscape or distant horizon kind of getting the the inks to do what I want them to do and then when they're not and when they're just you know when I'm getting frustrated I might grab some heavy body white and st- and basically make a dam you know so mm-hmm. you, you kind of get the idea where mm-hmm. I'm mixing mixing things that I don't know if they're supposed to be mixed but they sure are fun so I'm not going to stop, you know
0: Oh, that's so cool. Okay. So explain a little bit for people who haven't seen, like what is your process with the acrylic inks? Yeah, How do you put them onto the canvas?
1: Yeah. How do you even apply them? There are so many different ways. So um, I tried several things. And one thing that seems to really work for me is similar to a watercolor process where it's wet on wet. So I actually will wet the canvas in a way that I think I want the water and the inks to go um, and then I will drip the ink directly onto the canvas and let it kind of sprawl out in that water puddle. Um, that's one way that I can play with the inks without committing because once, once that ink hits the canvas, a dry canvas, ch- chances are it'll, it'll kind of stay that way. Um, and I may not get the effect that I want. So that's, um, adding to water is one, one effect. Another thing that I play with is, um, is called resist. And it's, um, if you've ever painted with watercolors, you definitely know what, what watercolor resist is. And it's basically a, you know, kind of like a, like a kid's rubber cement that you can put on your canvas and paint on top of it, do whatever you want, and then peel it off when you're done. you've got this beautiful, you know, strip of white that you can either leave untouched or do a different color. So, um, that's kind of where I'm taking the inks right now is just playing with them in more of a watercolory way but without that slow drying time that I just don't have the patience for
0: okay so is that a difference between like a what would make acrylic inks
1: unique they dry faster they dry faster than a watercolor on watercolor paper would yeah okay yeah and then of course I you know I have my tools to to deal with my lack of patience like my my hair dryer and then and then paper towels are handy in case I I apply too much ink and it's a little too concentrated in an area. But um yeah I mean so much of what I'm doing is really just experimenting on the canvas. Half of it works and the other half is absolute junk. So <laughs> do you just, ever yeah
0: Go ahead. Is it like something you paint can paint
1: over, or do you have to yeah. trash it afterwards? Yeah, no, it's just like acrylic. So, so if I'm really going for a watercolory look, and I end up painting over it, I probably am not going to get that full, you know, full watercolor vibe. But that's okay, and that's why I love acrylic. So, acrylic ink is just like regular acrylics, but just very fluid. So once it dries, go right over the top of it if you want. Um, that's totally fine. It mixes with all acrylic mediums, um, just like a heavy body or, uh, acrylic would. So it's just, it's a fun thing to play with and especially for acrylic artists to kind of mess with as a background, you could definitely do some washes and drips with it and it'll dry and just like an acrylic. So yeah, highly recommended. And actually, from what I understand, acrylic inks are, um, they're kind of designed, to, you know, they're designed to be fluid, whereas adding water to a heavy body acrylic can sometimes cause cracking and um, flaking down the road, which is you know, obviously as an artist, like our worst fear is that we've sold a painting to someone that three years down the road is flaking, you know?
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so fascinating. Okay. This is so new to me because I didn't even know that acrylic inks existed. I've heard of like inks and even like watercolor ink where it's like super concentrated watercolor. So that is fantastic. I need to get some, what kind of brand is it that you use?
1: So I've, I've gone with several different brands. Liquitex has a great one, just Liquitex um, Professional Ink. Um, and then I actually have tried several others, and I'm looking for them right now. Another one that I really like is FW hmm. by Daylor Rowney. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I haven't really found any that I don't like, I guess. So if I did, I'll let you know. But um, for now, those are those are pretty fun to play with. And as I'm looking around, I'm also seeing some other, some other things that you, that I wanted to tell you about. And that obviously gold leaf, I always keep it handy. Oh, um, tell me about that. Yeah. So I love, I love playing with gold leaf and I am definitely guilty of over gold leafing my pieces sometimes because I just, I can't stop. You can gold leaf anything. (laughs) (laughs) I gold leafed a set of our glasses one time and got in trouble for that. I've gold leafed lamps, you know, picture frames. Basically, any, anyone who can apply some glue and put a very thin sheet of gold leaf on something can, can play with gold leaf in their paintings. So I'll, you know, you've seen my horizon lines might have a little, a little sliver of gold leaf in them. Um, I just, it, it pairs extremely well with acrylics. You can paint over the top of it you can apply it over the top of an existing painting. So it's just something that I just like to pepper in every once in a while in a collection.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. I know I love, I love um, that little shimmer you have on the horizon sometimes and just like the little flex of it because like a little goes a long way and I could totally see myself like overdoing it. And so (laughs) it's because it sounds so much fun.
1: (laughs) It is an absolute kick. And I use, I use, um, composition gold leaf, which is not 24 carats. So I don't have that fear of like, you know, just, just wasting all kinds of money if it doesn't work out. And it still has that beautiful reflective effect, um, without having to be the 24 carat. So highly recommend it. Um, gold leaf. And, and like you said, just a little bit goes a long way. And I really had to learn that along, along the line. And, and trying to sell pieces that just weren't selling because half the darn painting was covered in gold, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Just That's too funny. Yeah.
0: Okay. So you have your like acrylic pieces or the, the, um, the fluid pieces that you're doing now. And then I know you have, I i I'm seeing some other pieces that, um, have the gold leaf that look a little bit more opaque. Like they're more the thicker acrylics. Um, yeah are you still doing those or is that, um, part Definitely. of your, your work that you're still doing? They, Eventually, they're beautiful yeah. like clouds.
1: Yes. And of course I'm obsessed with clouds. I think if you, well, you've been to Montana, so you know yeah. that, I mean, the skies here are just, you know, how can you not paint dramatic clouds often? So I'm, I'm, uh, always revisiting the, those heavy kind of, um, heavy paint landscapes. Um, they're just so calming to me. So I don't think those will ever go away for me. Um, the, the look may or may not change a little bit uh, along the line, but yeah, I do. I'll, I'll stay on a a vein for a while, you know, and right now I'm just really into these very fluid, almost watercolory looking pieces. And then, you know, I just, I swear my attention span is about, uh, about a month to two months with any particular look. And then I've got to try something new. You know, I went through a, oh gosh, alcoholics phase, and then I'll probably come back to that too, um. But yeah, kind of always bouncing around and keeping it fresh and new, and then trying to always have that that vein, that that thing that, that kind of makes my art mine, which is that more kind of ethereal, um, like you said, atmospheric look, where there's some white involved and there's some lightness to it. Um, it doesn't feel heavy or or um, moody.
0: Yeah, for sure. And they all feel like grounded in the landscape one way or another, even if there are like really abstract, there still feels like there's, you know, something nature based going on in your paintings.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I, you know, it's so, I, I grew up in Alaska right on the Pacific ocean. So I had the benefit of having all of these memories along the shores of the Pacific. And then here I am in, uh, Big Fork, Montana, which is just, you know, full of vistas of the Rocky Mountains and lakes and, and these beautiful pastures. And so, yeah, that is definitely my inspiration is, is the landscape all, all along. Um, from time to time, I've, I've tried to, to do like more forest, um, you know, trees and things like that. And they just haven't had as much, much success with that is I have with these big wide open landscapes. And so I just kind of, I think that that's, that's more my style and my vibe. Um, but yeah, I mean, who knows? I, I would, I would try anything if, if, if the inspiration strikes, I'd, I'd kind of go anywhere with it. But for now, I just, I really do love focusing on those far off horizon lines and those big, you know, dramatic cloudscapes.
0: Yeah. I love those. They're so, um, like you said, wide open and they definitely like speak of like just really really open vistas which i love yeah. <laughs> they're beautiful what are you thinking about when you start a piece do you or do you have a picture in your mind of how you want it to go i know with the the um the inks it doesn't sound like you have a lot of control at the beginning there
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is part of the beauty of it i no i think i do i think i i try to have a bit of vision um and certainly with like a you know obviously a color palette in mind um, maybe how I'd like that that horizon line to look. Is it going to be kind of curved, or is it going to be, you know, am I trying for some perspective in this piece? But like you said, oftentimes I'm overruled by my own painting, and um, those those drips and and the, the canals of water will create something very different than than what I had originally started. So I try not to be too married to an idea that I, you know, kind of what do I say? Just kind of, I don't want to overrule the magic that's going on on the, on the canvas. So, um, in answer to your question, I think I do start out with a vision and I bet you about 1% of the time does my painting ever turn out like my vision. (laughs) (laughs) That is really cool though. Like I love how you
0: said there's like, you know, the, you don't want to overrule the magic that's in the painting. Like that's such a beautiful way of thinking of it instead of wanting to, you know, control, control, control. Cause I feel like I, kind of err on the side of over control <laughs> sometimes. Right, and I'm I like trying it. to think of what, you know, how can I put more chance into this or not even chance, but like experimentation, you know, or something like that. So that's a really cool yeah. way of thinking about it.
1: It's true though, but that's been a process as well, because I, I am a, a bit of a control freak in, in my own right. Um, and I think that over time I've allowed, I've allowed a little bit more um, freedom on the canvas um, but there were times, Julie, when I would paint over a canvas, uh, fi- there was one that I had five paint overs, complete and total paint overs because it wasn't doing what I wanted. Um, and then talk about a tortured end result. You know, it didn't look inspired. It looked very forced, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, you have, it's like, I have to have those throwaway pieces and just know that, okay, you know, I gave it all I had. This is never going to do what I want it to do. Um, start over blank canvas. Mm, Yeah, that's hard to give up on that. (laughs) It is, is, especially as an acrylic artist, right? Because we know we can paint over the top, but there comes a point when you've put too much paint on a canvas (laughs) and you just have to walk away. Yeah.
0: Yeah, okay, so I'm looking at some of your... um, The small, like, little landscapes that have the gold leaf, um, and I'm, like, seeing lots and lots of layers. So not that I'm thinking you're painting over these necessarily, but they have so many beautiful sort of washes and layers and some things, like the ones that have green, um, some green landscape with the sky up in there. Um, Yeah. Are you doing, like, really thin layers of the regular, like heavy body acrylic paint, or how do you get so
1: much like texture and sort of layering in those? Yeah, totally good question. I, I, those do have multiple layers and and that's pretty intentional. Um, so usually, like I said, I, I try to start with some sort of a wash with the, with the inks. Um, and, and that's, that's where I'm kind of finding out what kind of landscape this is going to be. And, and then from there, yeah, I might grab my catalyst tool and add a little bit of, of heavy body and, um, and try to kind of manipulate the the foreground into something, or I might just be playing with the clouds. But um, but yeah, in answer to your question, especially with my minis, I do c- quite a bit of he- heavier texture on those, um, and that's really just that formation of the clouds. I, I've I've seen watercolor artists, for example, who can get some some depth with a single layer of watercolors. I am not that artist. I have to. I have to play with those clouds many times, come back for many sessions on each of those little minis and to kind of tweak the clouds until they're doing what I want them to do. So those ones are definitely, uh, they definitely take several sessions and several different layers to kind of get them to where I want them to be. But I actually love that part of the process too. I'm not, I'm not frustrated along the way and, and doing total paint overs, but rather just little, little nuances and layers along the way. So and then yeah, basically yeah. I might have eight, you know, mini canvases in mini meaning like eight by eights on my table at one time. And I'll paint a little bit on this one, set that aside and come to another one, set that aside. And by the time I've sort of come back around, that one's dry and I can play with that a bit more. So that's, that's been the, the way that I can keep kind of a nice, easy flow with my art, uh, sessions rather than having to sit there and watch paint dry, which just drives me absolutely nuts.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. I love having multiple minis going at the same time because then you they kind of come out feeling cohesive, but each yeah. one is different because you kind of pay attention to each one individually, but you kind of can like spread the same color around on different yeah. ones. Yeah. That is really fun. Yeah. That's cool. And,
1: and you just touched on something. I think it's really important and something that I don't, I don't feel like I really was embracing until a couple of years ago. And that is the idea of having a cohesive collection. I was, I still considered myself such a learner um, and I still, I mean, I still am, but I think I considered myself very new until a few years ago when I looked back and went, oh my gosh, I've been doing this for nine years, you know? Oh, wow. And, and, and so in that process, I realized that when you release a collection to a gallery or release a collection on your website, it, it really ought to have kind of a common theme or a vibe and whether that's a color from your palette or maybe that, you know, that little vein of gold leaf or maybe it's mostly clouds or mostly foregrounds point being it it is nice to the eye to see that thing that ties an entire collection together.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I think it's a, it definitely is a way like creating a series of work is a way of working out, you know, sort of an idea in, you know, multiple, slightly varied ways, but you're kind of focusing in on something that, you know, is unifying them all. And you're kind of like spending some time with that idea for a while. Just really fun. Yeah. That's Absolutely. cool. Okay. So I am curious about what in your creative process, like what part of your process is the most fun for you? Where do you just sort of lose yourself self the most in?
1: Oh yeah. Um, this is, the, it's easy because it's always at the very beginning. So, and as a mom, I think you'll get this part where you somehow manage to eke out enough time to, to paint. And, and you're, you're guaranteed a certain amount of time. So when I have that and I've got all of my paint set out and I've got my canvases prepped and ready, I love that very beginning when I'm just diving into that painting because there's probably an idea that I've been thinking about for days and knowing that I wouldn't get to it till this particular, you know, moment in time when the kids were going to be at school or when I wasn't, you know, doing my other job, my day job. Mm Um, so yeah, it's that, it's that initial diving in and applying that those first few drops of ink or, or that those first few brush strokes we kind of mapping out that new piece. Um, and also, you know, kind of what you and I already touched on, which is letting that piece kind of reveal what it's going to be. Um, and that, I mean, it gives me kind of a rush, um, every time that I, that I kind of dive right in. So it's that it's that very beginning part of the process when I have, I have saved up so much creative energy and so many ideas and it, and I just can't wait to get to the studio and then I just let loose. And I don't even play music in the beginning because I'm embracing that silence so completely that I just, I just kind of sink into that, that quiet. It's, it's delightful.
0: Mm. That sounds so awesome. Yeah, I feel like that is really similar amongst the, a bunch of the artists that I've spoken to for the podcast that the beginning is always sort of the place you can let go the most because it's the most like wide open of possibilities. And yeah. then as you move through the piece, it kind of becomes your like range of possibilities narrows and narrows and narrows until it's like, okay, we just need to like do the finishing touches and you have to be more meticulous about it. You do,
1: You do, especially if you've fallen in love with some, nuances of the piece because I mean how terrible to overwork something you know (laughs) to ruin that that one magical little special thing about that painting so yes you're absolutely right I think that it is that freedom that we all seek anyway it's just that you know just free to free to roam free to experiment and just play um yeah I'm not surprised that it's that it's the favorite of many other artists as well
0: that's awesome so um when you're working on your pieces, like, what are you thinking about? Do you have, um, inspiration of some sort or a way that you gather ideas? Um, tell me about that a little bit. Like, do you get color swatches or
1: photos or yeah? how does that work? Yeah. It's, it's, I wish I could just have like this one answer for this, but I, first of all, the place I live is, is pretty amazing. So I, I could easily just be driving to town in a place called Kalispell uh, across the top of the lake, look to my left and go, Oh my gosh, the way that the sun is just barely peeking over those clouds. And there's, uh, you know, the mountains are kind of misty in the background. I mean, I, those moments happen all the time. And so those are like kind of mental snapshots that remind me, okay, I don't want to, I got to try to replicate something like that. I've got to put that out on canvas. Um, so definitely happens almost daily um, in that, in that sense. But other times it is, it is a photograph. Um, I did an entire series last summer that was based on a photo that a tourist had taken, um, in the off season on the ring road in Iceland. And it was just a striking uh, landscape and it just took the breath right out of my lungs. And I just knew I had to paint and I set up my little, it was a dining room studio that time for an entire month. Um, including my, I had my little, uh, Oh, gosh, my photography bulbs, you know, the umbrella bulbs so I could paint at night. Oh, because yeah. I, just, I really wanted that early morning light this tourist had captured. I wanted to be painting in the early morning, which I'm usually not that kooky, but it just felt <laughs> it just felt kind of right. So I, I was getting up early before the kids were out of bed and running out there And this. I mean, I've never had a series go so smoothly. And, and to the point where I just didn't want to stop. I knew that the gallery could only handle so many of my pieces. So I kind of, you know, eventually let it, let it die out. But it was this entire, like, icy, uh, you know, landscape collection. So yeah, so, so it could be anything from a photograph to something I see driving around to some weird combination of colors that I just see out and about. I mean, I don't even know. Um, I can't even think of an example off the top of my head, but, um, it is definitely, just keeping my eyes open right here where I love that seems to provide ample inspiration.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And I feel like, um, like you're inspiring me to look more carefully around where I live. And it's like, I live in San Diego. There's like definitely color, but we're definitely in the desert. So we're not having like beautiful, right. fantastic, like green vistas. Right. And I like know.
1: that. I, I think my lucky stars all the time because it is so dramatic. You know, here we are, mm-hmm. you know, the Mission Mountains on one side. Um, it's this little artistic hamlet. We've got rivers, we've got the lakes, you know. So while, while we're pretty rural and we don't have access to some of the cool stuff that other people do, um we certainly do have the great outdoors and it's it's delightful for a landscape artist to live in a place like this that said I think you can pick me up and plop me anywhere and I would still have all these images you know I just just having Mm -hmm. been here um and 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 just traveling so yeah it's it's uh pretty amazing to get to be in a place like this
0: oh that's so fantastic so I um I love hearing how different artists view the subject of their creative voice. Um, do you have any thoughts on how, like, you've developed or um, or honed the, your creative voice, and how you kind of have come to a place where, like, your work definitely, you know, has sort of a common. Look to it. Although there is a lot of variety, right. do you have any thoughts on that that you could share? Yeah,
1: definitely. Um, yeah, because I think it's a struggle for anyone who's just picking up a paintbrush for the first time, um, especially people who are self-taught who, who aren't kind of nurtured by by trying all these mediums in school. Let's say um, for me, it was just it had to be time. It just had to be it had to be a million paintings that I absolutely couldn't stand, and one that I could, and, and finding out why. So um, I think that basically, eventually, through, through painting and trying and, and sort of looking at a piece and saying, oh, it's almost what I meant, almost, you know, I got to the point where I could step back from a painting and say, that's it, that's, that's what I meant to say right there. Now, I wouldn't say that still happens all the time. I think that probably the majority of my pieces are really, really close to what I meant to say. But every once in a while, um, and more often now than not, uh I'm finding that that I can connect with that piece, like that that I really feel like I'm I'm expressing what I meant to. So basically the short answer is really just to keep painting every day and I think your style emerges. I think it just comes out of nowhere. It's hard to tell someone that who's just starting out and really wants to do this for a living. Um, but heck, start selling you know and I know you don't want to go too much into selling, but but try try to sell some works, you know, try to do a farmer's market or whatever. And over time, I think you'll that people will see that, you know, your own particular style coming out. So, yeah, it's it's such a process, isn't it? That that finding who you are mm-hmm. and, and what you want to say. Yeah,
0: and I think definitely like what you said about like stepping back and l- really looking and analyzing, I think has helped me the most of like instead of just forging on ahead and continuing like yes, keep making, but like yeah. take the time to really look and see like where you missed the mark, where you wish you would have been different and like intentionally trying, you know, to be different yeah. as you move forward or to like work on those specific areas. Um yeah, I think that's so important and that's like fantastic. That sounds really, really good. Like what you've been working on. And
1: yeah. and yeah. it's fun too. And I, you know, to kind of take that a step further, I, I don't know that I am a, an artist who can, who can do the same, you know, kind of the, the, the same signature look over and over again, just with different colors or, you know, uh, I, I definitely am a little bit, um, uh, I definitely have to explore. So, so I, I, I try not to to go too far away from my style when I do, but if you go back to my alcohol ink phase, eh, I kind of took a little detour there. You know, it didn't look like my work for a while because it was such a new medium, but I just had to try it. I just had to give it a shot. So, you know, basically I, I think I'll always come right back around to a very similar, very light, ethereal, optimistic vibe. Um, But I don't think it's such a bad thing either to take a mini detour from time to time and try something that's maybe not as much you just to see, just try it on for size.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that definitely like you have to keep things fresh for yourself or else it will just get stale and you won't even be wanting to make the work anymore. Like I love following artists and seeing the different things that they try. So I think in... A lot of ways like that keeps, keeps the people who are watching your art really interested and curious about what you're working on.
1: Yes. Oh, definitely. I think, yeah. And, and if, and if I'm conveying that, that passion and excitement, that, that almost childlike um, excitement, then I, you know, I think I'm doing, I'm doing my job just to kind of, to share. And I hope, I really hope that other artists, you know, try some of the, some of the goofball things that I try. Um, And, you know, whether or not they're successful, it's still just fun to play. There's a kid in all of us that just wants to get messy.
0: I know. I need to get some of those, those inks.
1: So what is the difference? (laughs) What is the difference for you um, from
0: the alcohol inks and the acrylic inks? How do those work differently?
1: Oh, alcohol inks are the most maddening medium. But I highly recommend everyone try them. Um, first of all, they don't act like normal ink. So they actually repel each other. So mm-hmm. if I was to drop, I could drop down a bright pink on what's called Yupo paper. Um, I could drop down a bright pink alcohol ink and then right on top of it drop a uh, icy blue. And that icy blue will repel the pink away. And you'll have just icy blue in the middle of this big, you know, puddle of pink. So it's, it's just very, very much the opposite of what, what we're used to when it comes to like color theory and mixing. And you, Mm. you really can't mix too effectively with alcohol inks. So, um, maybe it is a good exercise for the, for the inner artist control freak in all of us to give it a shot. Because I, boy, I tried to manipulate with hair dryers and straws and I got my brushes out and I tried to make it look like something that I wanted it to look like. And in the end, I think I just had to embrace. That it was going to do whatever the heck it wanted to do. And the only control I had was over the palate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's super fun. And kids absolutely love alcohol links. So I've done a few classes for, for kiddos, and I will continue to always do alcohol links for kids because it ju- is such, such freedom for them to just get to play. And if you don't like something, you can drop a new color on top of it and it'll repel what you just did. So it's just, it's interesting and definitely worth trying. Um, I don't, I don't know that it'll be my medium of choice, uh, in the future, but definitely something that helps me loosen up.
0: Hmm. That's so fascinating. Okay. What brand of alcohol inks do you use? Do you know off the top of your head? Yeah,
1: is it T- I want to say it's Tim Holtz or is it Tom? H- no, it's Tim Holtz. Um, Adir- okay. Adirondack.
0: Okay, cool. We'll add all your material things to the show notes so Perfect. everybody can find links for those.
1: Perfect. Yes. Awesome. Um, and those awesome. are available at craft stores too. If you ever just wanted to give it a shot, they're not crazy expensive, so you could grab a, a little handful of them and, and try. But make sure you have UFO paper.
0: Okay, so you need like the specific yeah. um, surface for yeah. them. Okay, great to know. Yeah, Thank you. you <laughs> So I know we kind of touched on this a little bit um, about like how you get ideas for a new series or something like that. But like what what do you think fundamentally like keeps you really interested in your work and like finding new avenues to pursue?
1: That is, you know, and I feel like this is where Instagram comes in for me. Um, this is where I found out about things like acrylic ink or I found out about these different mediums. So generally when I get that, just, you know, that fire, that passion, it's probably because I found something new to play with. Like I'm just such a, such a little kid about it. But, um, you know, with, uh, with my Catalyst um, wedge, I just happened to see in the craft store one day and just wondered, and then, you know, an entire series was born out of it and I haven't put it down since. Um, so I want to say that them, that mediums, and and finding a new medium might be that thing that that brings a little fire um one other thing that i might say would, would kind of keeps me coming back for more and gets me really excited would be just you know a different perspective a different take on a landscape you know if i've if i've been doing landscapes and really focusing on clouds for you know many months um and i kind of have come to the end of that particular body of work um, I might just get really excited about this idea of, Hey, you know, maybe I want to, I'd like to drive rivers. Well, why don't I do some rivers? And then, and then boom, I'm off and running again, you know? So it just, it could be the slightest little concept that then I've, then I've got to explore. And then I'm really looking at my own landscape wondering, you know, okay, what, what how do rivers act? How, do, how does water act? Um, I've never really stopped to think about, you know, what, what does a wave really do or what does it look like? Where's, where are the shadows and, and how does light play on, on water, Um, so then that's my new project is researching how that might look, um, how other, you know, artists have interpreted it and, and, and just kind of going from there. So I know I'm a little bit all over the map with this answer, but I think the answer is just, you know, kind of taking in my environment and finding one little aspect that I just hadn't thought to, to play with before. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I I, love that.
0: And I love the idea of like trying new mediums and trying to like fit them in somehow to like what you're doing already. Um, I am getting to the point where I think I need to like incorporate something new into my process. And I've been thinking about like oil pastels. Like I love seeing paintings that sort of have a drawing element to them too. So I'm like kind of pondering in my mind, like before I take the leap and go buy something like, how would do this? (laughs) But maybe I just need to go get them.
1: (laughs) I know. And I I think, you know, like it kind of bringing in what you just talked about, that kind of sketchy element, bringing in some sketch. Mm -hmm. I've tried it and it still is completely intriguing to me. I have never successfully, you know, felt like I successfully mastered it, but I, but I'm kind of like you in that sense that boy, how fun would it be to kind of sketch on top of what I just did? um, or, or just have those elements. So, yeah, it sounds like you and I have a very similar kind of approach to, uh, to finding that inspiration or just, you know, kind of getting excited about it is gosh, what, what else can I do to make this special and mine and new and different. So yeah. my eyes are always wide open and trust me, I can get lost in any art store, or craft store uh, for this exact reason. What else can I do? That's different, fun, and weird.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> I know. I feel like I definitely, it is dangerous walking into Dick Blick or whatever oh, yeah. store that it is that you have. It's like, ooh.
1: Oh, terrifying. <laughs> well, I didn't even know that that, that, that was a thing that you could walk into a Dick Blick store. Um, it's oh. <laughs> not funny. It's like, it's, it's online. It's a catalog because I live in the middle of nowhere. But, um, but yeah, once I found out about that, the next time I'm in a city, you can just forget it. I'll be in there for an entire day. Just see you later.
0: <laughs> The only thing that saves me from our local one is that they have the tiniest little downtown parking lot and that it's like a nightmare to get a parking space into. So that's the only thing that saves me <laughs> from
1: like, I don't going it. there I all don't the time. I don't it that bad. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: okay. So I'm going to move us into our final sort of three questions here. Um, would you... Um, mind sharing a recent struggle that you've had in your creative practice and a recent triumph? These could be big things, small things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, I think my, my recent struggle is probably not a whole lot different than what I've struggled with from day one, and that has just been finding the time. Um, and I, I recently, and I kind of mentioned to you that my husband and I started a, a martial arts gym where we um, teach jujitsu to children and adults, and it was this massive leap of faith. Uh, that we just, um, we just went for it and it has been a wonderful success and a beautiful uplifting experience, but I am having a really hard time getting into the studio right now and, and certainly having a hard time posting because I'm just not in here enough. So that is, and it's an ongoing struggle and I've got to figure it out either sleep less or something's got mm-hmm. to give. Um, yeah. To try to just get back into the studio. That's when I'm doing my very best work is when it's just really consistent, you know, at least I'm doing a little bit every day. Um, so right now I am, I'm actually putting art time on my calendar and it kind of makes me want to cry because it's very, um, it, we might be looking at five days out is going to be my next uh, studio session, you know? Mm. So, so that I just don't want to lose this moment, this creative momentum that I feel like I've had the last year or two. Um, so I'm not giving up yet. I just, I just want to make sure that I can keep this ball rolling. Yeah. That's, you know, and that's so good to give attention to our new business.
0: Yeah. That's so good to just like schedule a little, little block. Cause at least, you know, like you have that coming.
1: <laughs> exactly. I know you're right. It's, it's this kind of carrot that's dangling and it, and it keeps me up, um, and upbeat as well. But, um, but I do, I want to get back to where I can at least do something small every day. That was when I was, I felt like I was doing my very best mm-hmm. work. Um, so, and then, and that might look like my photography umbrellas at five in the morning on the kitchen floor. And that's fine. I just need to make it happen.
0: And what would you say, do you have any success things if you, um, can think, and you could even think back a little bit if you haven't been able to make as consistently.
1: <laughs> yes. Um, you know what, um, I can never sing minted's praises enough, um, minted.com and their, you know, different online, uh, challenges. Uh, I feel like that's kind of launched me into a a new realm as far as art licensing. Um, And I think uh, the most recent was, I think it was a third place win in the pottery barn uh, challenge. So that, that was just a big success for me. Not just, not just to be on a magazine, you know, to be in a magazine or, or anything else, but to feel like, you know, something that I created is going to be in people's homes. Maybe it's going to be in some kids dorm rooms Um, just it just was very validating, you know, that it was, that it was good enough to kind of be on that bigger stage, that larger stage. So yeah, I definitely think that that was a a, a pretty big win for me.
0: Oh, that's so exciting. Okay. Tell me a little bit about that, about the whole minted thing, because I've like heard about it, but I haven't really done enough research to figure out how it works. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes.
1: Yes. And I, and I really want to sign up to be a minted mentor because I think when you just join minted, it's kind of confusing. It can be confusing at first how that platform is done. So minted is, is crowdsourced art. So that's why they have these, you know, open challenges and they'll kind of announce a challenge and anyone can submit their work um, in a little 500 by 500 pixel, um, submission. But what happens then is, is the rest of the world is welcome to vote on the pieces. Um, and you can kind of have a little bit of hype around your piece, you know, by posting on Facebook, Hey, come check out my piece, you know, tell me what you think. But in the end, it's really going to be the rest of the world. That's going to either vote on what, what they like and what they would want to buy or not. So trust me, I've lost many. I've, I've I've had zero, um, you know, not, not great ratings on, on many of the pieces, but then I've had a few wins, uh, through minted. And what happens then is, uh, they license your work from you, or in this case, pottery barn licenses, uh, this print that they can sell, you know, for the next, I think it's a couple of years, um, in their stores and online. Um, and then it's through that licensing, there's a small residual income for the artist. So you're definitely not, you know, I wouldn't say you'd be in it for the money by any means, but, um, but it's just kind of fun to put your work out there and see what people think. Um, some of my very favorite pieces have, have had terrible ratings. Um, but then some of them, you know, some ones that I loved have also done well. So I just, I just think it's neat and it's very, um, it, it takes a lot of courage to kind of put your, kind of, you're kind of putting your guts out there. Um, and, and just mm-hmm. seeing what people think, uh, obviously when it's a positive result, it, it does, it does feel pretty good. And and I can do it all from the comfort of my home. I don't have to be sitting out there being judged in a, in sort of an open forum. Uh So yeah, it's, I highly recommend it for anybody who's, who's creating some, you know, pretty modern, I, w- I use the word modern, just contemporary art who would like mm-hmm. to see what the licensing world is about.
0: Oh, that's so cool. Okay. I will have to check that out. Absolutely. And if you're already making work consistently, like why not? That you, know, all right. you have to do is like submit an image.
1: Exactly. That's it. And as long as you can just get some nice high res um, photographs of your work, then you're pretty set to go.
0: That's awesome. And okay. One other thing that I'm curious about is you mentioned being um, working with a gallery. Is that um, local to you, like in town or? Um, yeah? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I've had a couple other guests who have done stuff with galleries and I'm always really curious to hear like how your experience has gone and how you made that connection. Absolutely.
1: Yes. Um, so the gallery, my, I call it, I call it my home gallery is persimmon gallery here in big fork. And they just, I feel like they gave me my start. It was many years ago when I was still kind of in that, you know, mom, mom at home, wasn't really getting out a whole lot mode. And I just walked in there with a few pieces one day and they said, yes. So they have been my home gallery ever since. Um, I do a shows there from time to time. Um, and it's just this wonderful, um, community of women, um, who just support each other. And, um, yeah. So, so the gallery world for me is more, is just a way to kind of get my name out there, get my work out there and just kind of be part of the community. Um, you know, obviously you have, you have to be prepared to pay a commission. You know, there's a, there's a commission involved with any kind of gallery work, but it's also another way for me to do really l- some of my larger pieces, right. I don't have to worry about the, the shipping costs, which can usually cost more than mm-hmm. the painting itself. So I can go pretty big in gallery uh, work. And then, you know, just, yeah, just kind of connecting with the community. Um, the other, the collection that I was telling you about was for a gallery in a, a neighboring town called Whitefish, um, And that was just another, a gallery who had heard from me from persimmon gallery. So just kind of sharing the love and, and doing some shows up in that neck of the woods as well. Um, but yeah, and I, I recommend it for, for anybody who just, you know, is selling their work online and just wants to make that little bit of a connection with their audience. Um, it's not for everybody, but certainly I just think it's worth a shot if you have a smaller, you know, hometown gallery just to kind of start there.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think it's a really cool way, like, you can actually go in and, like, hear what people are saying about your work or whatnot instead of, like, I feel like online, all you have is that, like, little comment box when they check out right. if they choose to, like, type
1: something in there. Exactly right. And then it's like, oh, okay. That's right. And, you know, I, I, galleries are somewhere in between for me because I tried the, I also tried the festival scene. Um, yes. Yes. I did that for a summer and I, I am not convinced that that's for me. I definitely um, met some amazing people. I wouldn't give those people up for the world. Um, But it is a, you're, talk about being vulnerable. You know, you're in the 85 degree heat with all of your precious works, and people really have no problem uh, telling you just what they think. A lot of times it's good, and every once in a while it's not. And you just have to really get that thick, you know, that really thick artist skin and just know that your work is not going to be for everybody. How could it possibly be? Um, but with a, you know, with a gallery, I feel like it's somewhere in between, you know, you're, there's your work live and on a wall, but you're not necessarily standing next to it, hearing what people have to say constantly. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how, yeah. I don't know if that would be too defeating or, or maybe the opposite, but, but yeah, it's, I think it's kind of a nice happy medium to, to at least have a presence in a gallery.
0: Yeah. Do the art, do the gallery owners give you like feedback or help, you know, like what more, what they would like more of, or do you get any yeah. like information on that yes, front? Definitely.
1: Um, in fact, I, I love persimmon for this. They'll actually jump on my Instagram feed and say, uh, excuse us. Where are those minis? We'd like to have some, you know, so they're, they're kind of <laughs> watching in that way, but yeah, they're really good about, um, yeah, definitely giving feedback, but in a, in a very positive and constructive way, you know, I've, I've had a few pieces up on their walls and one of them was just enormous, and, and I don't even know how they made room for it, but they did. And it was up for, oh gosh, probably almost two years. And finally we all just kind of looked at each other and I go, give it back. It, I'm going to paint over it. It's done. <laughs> um, you know, so we kind of gave it a shot like that. So, and they understood they, they're just, they're just delightful. And, and I don't know that, um, I, I just don't know that I'd be where I was now if it wasn't for those ladies at Persimmon just giving me the feedback, giving me, um, you know, kind of the thumbs up that, hey, what you're doing is legit. You're like, go ahead and call yourself an artist because this is good stuff. Um, yeah. So so those are those are pretty precious relationships, I think.
0: Oh, that's so fantastic. I I um have heard like great things about being part of galleries. Like yours sounds like a dream. And then I've heard like a little bit of scarier yes. things like <laughs> not going so well. And so I'm kinda like, hmm, I need to like find myself some really good that's people. The thing too. I know
1: I I would not feel comfortable walking to sort of one you know, some of those more stuffy, stuffy feeling galleries. I, I think I just walk right back out the front door. But yeah, when you find the right one and it's run by the right people, it can have that, that kind of more playful fun vibe and uh, this particular gallery is owned by by the artists themselves I mean their their work is in there as well and they're experimenting and being playful so um and, and that's probably why it's it's my favorite gallery in the area because it is playful and it's a little bit more contemporary and and fresh and and uh, we get together for you know around the Christmas season and have a little you know, we do art walks and, and those, those sort of things. So yeah, um, definitely recommended if, if you're kind of ready for the next step in your, in your journey, why not give it a shot? You're going to give up a good, you know, 40% to 50% of your, you know, of your um, income to that commission, but it's kind of worth it to have your, have your name out there and your, and your work on the wall. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's so cool. Um, okay. So
0: that kind of moves us into my next question. Um, if you could own a piece of art by any contemporary artist or maker, who would you choose? Oh, I
1: love this question because how do you choose? There's so much good stuff out there. Um,
0: Well, you could always give me like a couple because (laughs) this is more of just a reason to get some like new artist leads.
1: (laughs) Yes, totally. Okay. Um, one that I loved from the moment I saw her work, um, her name is Gretchen Worson. Have you heard of Toddy Pond designs? Mm -mm. Check her out. It is very abstract and very fun. Um, she has got such a way with like creating these little puddles of abstraction and what you and I just talked about kind of bringing in that, that drawing and sketching element into her paintings. And the, what I really dig about her is that she actually she's right-handed in real life. And, but what she paints and draws with her left hand, what? Um, I know, check her out. So, and I think her Instagram handle is toddy pond. I believe it's, okay, um, cool. it's toddy pond designs. Okay. And it's T O D D Y. Um, she is phenomenal. She creates these little worlds within inside of worlds on, on her canvas. So I just I can get lost in her in her work.
0: Ooh, that sounds fantastic. Okay. I will link to her too in the show notes. That's so cool. Um, yes. I love finding out about new artists and getting, I, I feel like actually the number of abstract artists I follow is like growing and growing. I used to follow like only people who painted flowers like me. <laughs> and oh, now yes, I'm of like I get branching it. out. Because I think we kind of start by following people who like inspire us to do what we're doing. And then once yes. you kind of get more confident in what you're doing, you're like, okay, like I'll go look at some other people.
1: <laughs> that is such. Go, that's exactly right. I think, I think at the beginning, I, th- I probably followed a ton of landscape artists and now that I've sort of found my own voice. Now I'm, I'm more drawn to these people who do something so very different from anything I've done or will ever do. Um, mm-hmm. just because I'm like, well, Oh my gosh, look what she's doing. And where did she come up with this stuff? And yeah, I think that's a, a an absolute blast. I, uh, you know, I'm going to throw out another one who, and she, she's, a, a bigger name. She's in sort of, um, I think Greg Irby gallery, maybe an art and light gallery, but it's Eva McGill Oliver. And she's been playing a lot with, um, collage, um, in her works and kind of almost 3d looking collage, but her use of, uh, she creates these amazing botanicals. Her use of color has always knocked me out. But now that she's doing all this fun collage stuff, I'm just, I'm pretty captivated by that. So oh, I think I just started following her. Yes,
0: it. I recognize like what you're saying about like the chunky sort of collage, which yes. is so fun.
1: It is so fun It's super fresh. And I, I could absolutely, I would just fill a gallery wall with her work if I could. So yeah, she's, she's a really, a really neat one. And finally, I just will throw one more because I think she's absolutely delightful. Um, she's an artist that I met through Minted. Um, her name is Karen Kardosky. And she is a photographer, and she does a lot of design and plays with Photoshop, I believe. Um, but then she's also doing some cool sketches on top of her photographs. So she's doing some really beautiful, very elegant and ethereal work. Um, I actually, I've, I've told her this too. I think our work kind of pairs well together because we both have this sort of, there, there's sort of this airy, feathery lightness. In her work as well. So that's another one I had to throw at mm. you. And I'll stop, I promise. Ooh,
0: that sounds so intriguing. I will go check her cool. out. That's awesome. Is there, as we kind of wrap it up here, is there anything that you're currently working on that we could go look at or anything that you want to share or promote? I know you said you're in a little bit of a quieter period oh, now.
1: <laughs> oh gosh. Yes. No. I mean, I have a show, uh, the first, I believe it's the first weekend in June or first Thursday in June, um, up at, uh, up in Whitefish at the, um, Stephen Isley gallery. And that's just the Whitefish has an art walk. So that, that's kind of the only thing that I can commit to right now. So nothing super huge um, other than that. But um, yes, please check out um, my Instagram feed because I'm just going to be playing with a ton of those inks and trying to grab as many videos of the time-lapse as possible. Um, I sort of, you know, I, I kind of went through a watercolor phase. And so I, that's kind of when I got my, my uh, Resist, my watercolor Resist. And then I decided, okay, watercolors are not for me. The drying time is too long. So I gave my Resist and all my watercolors to my mom. Well, I just went back, stole back up to her house the other day and stole my Resist back. So now I'm kind of jumping back into Resist on canvas with acrylics. So I think that's going to be the vibe of this next collection. Very watery, very um, kind of hinting at some faraway distant doors. Um, and I'm going to kind of go with this vibe for a little while because I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying that quite a bit.
0: Oh, that sounds fantastic! Yeah, I can't see. I, I can't wait to see what you uh, share and post. I love your time lapse videos. I find er- like art creation videos are like universally loved. Like every time I post something, people love those things and they're like, Oh, it's so relaxing to watch. I'm like, Oh really? I'm just kind of doing my thing. And I know they've said the same thing about yours. (laughs) Yes.
1: And I love watching your stuff. Exactly. There's something about getting to see, especially if you can do a start to finish, which I don't know if I've successfully done yet. Um, there is something so gratifying about watching someone else do, you know, something magical and creative. I also really, really enjoy sharing with people what it is I'm doing. So if I'm not doing a good job of that in my post anytime, I hope people will let me know, but I want them to know what is the medium I'm using. You know, what did I just spray on my canvas? How am I getting this effect? I love, I love this kind of open source arting, open source creating where, you know, I'm not trying to keep any secrets from anybody because I really want people to be able to try this out. It's, you know, again, tapping into that, that, little playful seven-year-old who just wanted art buddies to do artwork there all day um I, i'm kind of still that person that just i just want everyone to play along with me so anytime um anytime people have questions i hope they'll ask me you know hey what'd you just use there or you know why is the ink not sticking to that spot well there's that's you know watercolor resist you know or, or whatever so i'm always trying to kind of share what i've got going on or what i'm trying out anyway
0: Oh, that's fantastic. I love how open and how like sharing you are. That's just so refreshing and awesome. And I think the, a lot of um I found a lot of you know, like beginning artists come onto Instagram and are really curious about what we're doing and like what the materials are so that they can start out. So that's yeah. fantastic.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah, and when you're doing great. it too, you're teaching
0: classes
1: and doing the the whole deal, right?
0: Yeah, I am teaching workshops and someday I've been getting lots and lots of requests for um, <clears throat> like an online class of some sort. So th- I'm like mulling that around in my mind, but I know like what, how we said before we started recording, like too many projects, like we want to take on way too many things
1: that are, this our, are realistic. Same request for, for a webinar, um, you know, do, when are you going to do a webinar? And I'm thinking, oh, I, I don't even know how. In the world, oh to do a webinar. I, can I? How about a YouTube video? Anybody good for that? Let's just do that. Oh
0: yeah, totally do <laughs> that. <laughs> Start small. I found like yeah. I have started doing videos for my newsletter, like just short, um, you know, th- videos of me painting that are specifically for my newsletter subscribers, and even that has been like really helping me hone like my workflow for like doing video and all of that stuff. So even coming up with some little regular way of working on a skill will like help you get better over time.
1: Oh my gosh. I could not agree more. Just getting in there and getting dirty. Yes. Uh, well, Maya, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's
0: been such a pleasure hearing about your process and your art and your joy of creating. I just love it. And I'm so excited that we finally got to talk in real life instead of on Instagram.
1: exactly right oh it's my pleasure thank you so much for giving me that opportunity and I just can't wait to hear the podcast this season I'm looking forward to it
0: thank you again Maya for sharing with us today Maya's website and all of the art materials resources and artists we mentioned on the episode are linked in the show notes at juliemariottartcom podcast Thank you so much for listening today, you guys. If you have been enjoying the show, would you please take a minute to leave a rating and review on iTunes? It's really easy if within the iTunes app, you just scroll down my podcast feed till you find the big rate and review button and leave a quick review and rating. That really helps other people be able to find it more easily in the search. Also, do you have any other artists and creative friends who might enjoy the show? I would love if you would share it with them by word of mouth or um, sharing an episode with them directly or even just tagging them on one of my podcast posts on Instagram. Um, I would just really love to reach as many fellow creatives as possible and encourage and inspire them through what we're sharing here. So until next time, guys, I hope you'll continue in your own unique way to make, share, and grow. Thanks for listening to Make, Share, Grow. You can keep up with the podcast and my artwork on my website, juliemarriottart.com, and on Instagram at juliemarriottart.